Witness Docs from Stitcher. Previously on All American. How do you feel the way you're hitting the ball right now? Good, Daddy. Okay, how about your feet? Your feet moving well? No, Daddy. The champion of the 2001 United States Open, Venus Williams. I want you to tell these people where we are. You can sing it like you mean it. Tell them where we are. City of the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hi, Vic Braden. This two girls that you see in the picture here is our... Serena Williams, raise your hand, Serena. In this grainy home video from 1988, Richard Williams narrates as his daughters smile and pose for the camera. Venus Williams. Serena is seven years old. Venus is eight years old. The girls stand with their backs to each other in a grassy city park. They're wearing jeans and sneakers. Richard made this tape for Vic Braden. Braden was a well-known tennis coach who worked with top players like Tracy Austin and Andre Agassi. Braden also wrote tennis books and made instructional videos. Uh, we have your tape, uh, Tennis Our Way, and we've been viewing it. However, the tape says that you'll be good by Friday. Guess what, Vic? We got good by Tuesday. That's how good your tape is. The home video cuts to a shot of a tennis court where Venus and Serena stand side by side, hitting balls toward the camera. Great serve. Thank you, Daddy. I think Vic Brayton's going to love this here. After several minutes of showing off the girls' skills, Richard tells Venus to say a few words. Hello, Vic Brayton. Hello, Vic Brayton. How are you doing? We're fine, I guess. Uh, I want to hit with you sometimes, and can you keep in touch with us? Thank you. This video was all part of the plan. Richard Williams' plan to bring Venus and Serena from the public courts of Compton, California, to the world of professional tennis. 
There are countless books, articles, and even a feature film about Richard's plan to turn his daughters into the tennis stars they are today. But it wasn't just Richard who made this happen. The whole family was involved, especially the girl's mother, Orsine Price, whose role in this success story is often overlooked. So today, we'll tell you what we know about the plan. And we'll take a look at not just Richard's role in making it happen, but at Orsine's too. I'm Cecil Harris, and this is All American, Venus and Serena. Episode 2, The Plan. Here's how the story begins. In 1978, Richard Williams met Orosine Price. Orosine had three daughters of her own. She and Richard married in 1980, and they all moved in together. One day, when Richard was watching a tennis match on TV, he saw the tournament director present the winner with a check for $40,000. And I figured since I worked for $52,000 all year, and this girl make $40,000 in four days, I knew I was in the wrong business. That's Richard in 1992, speaking to the British TV program Transworld Sport. Richard goes into more detail about this life-changing moment in his memoir, Black and White, The Way I See It. He writes that after watching that young woman win $40,000 in prize money, he hatched a plan. He decided he needed to have two daughters of his own. He and Orisine would learn the game of tennis so they could coach their daughters until they became pro tennis stars. Richard writes that he had everything in this plan typed up, quote, more than two and a half years before they were both born. Richard and Orisine weren't tennis players, but they were both athletes. In fact, Orisine played basketball and volleyball when she was a kid. She told the New York Times Magazine in 2012 that she learned to play tennis in a year, which is pretty impressive. She said, quote, I always wanted to learn and to learn the right way, like a professional. And Richard would show everyone my backhand. I first met Richard Williams at the 2000 U.S. Open. More than two decades later, my producers and I sat down to parse through my early memories of the Williams family. Once I became a sports writer and had access, a couple of times at the U.S. Open, I'd see him getting up and walking toward the stands. I I knew enough about him that that's what he liked to do, and I took walks with him on a couple of occasions through the National Tennis Center. And he was just say, no, don't record me. Don't write about me. We can just talk. And I wish I had surreptitiously recorded him, but I didn't. (laughs) By the time I took those walks with Richard Williams, I had already heard and read a lot about the family's time in Compton and about this big plan that Richard says he wrote. But I wanted to hear about it from him. What what did you talk? What would you talk about? I would ask him, oh, "Why don't you want to watch uh, the match?" And he said, "I get too nervous." I said, 
have you gone over strategy with, let's say, Venus and how she's going to play? And you're confident that she's going to do everything you, you want to do? Oh, yeah, Venus knows. Venus knows how to follow the plan. And I would ask her things like, um, when you were starting to teach them tennis in Compton, Compton's kind of rough, you know, NWA, straight out of Compton and everything. I mean, were the guys in the neighborhood really you know, willing to just let you teach them or would, would they sometimes get in the way? He would talk about having to sweep crack vials off the court and ask the gangbangers, hey, I'm working with my daughters here. Can you give me, you know, give me some space, you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah, 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 man. And then and the, he would say that the gangbangers would say, yeah, she is good. Uh, but the other one, the other one's missing too many shots, you know, things like that. <laughs> Do you feel like um, you guys connected on some level do you think like he liked you or like did you feel like you got to know him a little bit at times it felt like he was performing but i didn't mind (laughs) (laughs) because i could ask him about his daughters and he would say things to me that i wasn't reading anywhere there were certain things he still he clearly wanted to say and i think he wanted to make sure that i knew that his daughters are proud of being black proud of where they come from they understand that black girls especially are looking up to them and that he really wanted to make clear that they knew where they came from and that they weren't um, trying to um, be something they're not. Born in Compton, California, one of Los Angeles' poorest suburbs, we learned that it was their father, Richard, who started them playing tennis before they were five. He saw sport as their ticket out at the ghetto. The reporter in that same 1992 Trans World Sports segment is recounting a popular narrative here, that the Williams family was a Compton family through and through, and that tennis was their way out. But in Richard's autobiography, he says that he moved the family to Compton as a strategic choice. In fact, shortly after Richard and Oracine were married, the family was living in Long Beach, California, in a home a few blocks from the beach, to be exact. Richard believed that moving to Compton would give his daughters a, quote, fighter's mentality. He also considered how much easier, quote, it would be to play in front of thousands of white people if they had already learned to play in front of scores of armed gang members. Another part of the plan was finding a coach who could bring the girls to the next level. Things didn't work out with Vic Braden. But after some searching, the family found another coach, Rick Macy. Within five minutes of playing points, I knew they both could be number one in the world. My producer, Albert Chen, tracked down Rick to ask him about meeting the family and deciding to work with them. That's right. I gave Rick Macy a call. And you should know, Rick's kind of a legend in the tennis world. He's coached five players who went on to become ranked number one in the world. So in 1990, getting Rick to buy in on Richard's plan for his daughters, that was a big deal. Before he agreed to move them down to Florida, Rick flew out to Compton to take a look at the girls' tennis skills. On the outside, okay, they didn't look like a Ferrari. But on the inside, there was a Ferrari. And the movement was crazy. The way I saw Venus move on the court, tennis was never, ever going to see something like this. Then Venus goes, Daddy, 
Can I go to the bathroom? Yes, Venus, you may. It's very structured. Venus goes out the gate. The first five yards, she walks on her hands. The next five yards, she kind of goes into a backward cartwheel. I'm going, what is this? I mean, I'm just sitting there and I go to Richard. I go, I'm going to tell you something right now. You got the next Michael Jordan on your hands. And he put his arm around me. He goes, no, brother, man. I got the next two. (laughs) True story. I'm telling you, I was there. Rick, he's a bit of a character. He talks a lot about himself in the third person. And he definitely wants you to know that Rick Macy played a big role in the sister's success. And he does deserve a lot of credit. Rick definitely took a big bet on Venus and Serena. He financed the family's move from Compton to Florida. Rick coached both girls for a few years, and he let Richard be in the driver's seat. For example, after arriving in Florida, Richard unexpectedly pulled his daughters out of all junior tennis competition. This is a complicated dynamic for a coach. And so I asked Rick about navigating coaching the girls when he couldn't fully be in charge. So what about that balance in terms of like Richard's involvement and, you know, this idea of him being like, you know what, we're going to take the week off. We're we're going to go to the beach today or we're not going to play as many matches as other juniors are playing. Can you what can you tell me in terms of how he wanted to do it his way or their way and why? that was effective, but at any points where you're like, that's, you know, there's a way to do it. Well, I think the best plan in life is always one that's flexible. You got to remember once they came to me, the publicity and the hype just went through the roof because now it's more global uh, because what I've done, who I've coached and now they've moved. So it even amped up the whole thing and there's media all the time. And Richard fed into it. You know, he he wanted that. She was almost legendary before you're a legend. It was like crazy. So I think he said, you know, the junior tournaments, they're not going to learn anything. And plus, Rick, I'll probably end up in jail because I'll probably get in so many arguments and fights with parents because he thought it was just a different, a different thing. This is about developing, you know, technique, strategy. This is all about pros. I don't want them to play any tournaments. And I said, well, they might learn a little bit. But the one thing I did agree with them, they were natural born competitors. Rick didn't agree with Richard about some things, but he says the two of them became close and that he ultimately trusted Richard, especially when it came to the girls. He had two young girls that were rough, tough, athletic, and he put a lot of belief in them. You know, and that's a big thing. But, you know, they would always hug, kiss. Thank you, daddy. Um, It was very real. Uh, He did not push them. I'm telling you, that never works. You can push to a certain limit, but it's got to come from you. So whatever anybody else says, they don't know. Rick Macy knows. He did not push them. He gave them the opportunity. There's a fine line between pushing and, you know, maybe abusive. He was never like that. Never, ever. I could tell you a thousand off the top of my head who were, you know, but he's never like that. Sometimes he'd say, Rick, we're not playing today. Uh, We're going to the beach. Rick, we're not playing today. We're going to Disney World. I'm saying, we got to train. He goes, no, no, we'll be back in three days. So you got to understand, 
this is from the inside. He was one of the best dads ever because of the balance. Richard had a big personality, and he was in charge. But he also just let his girls be girls. According to Richard, another part of the plan, and this is part of the plan that's overlooked, was having the girls ready for life outside of tennis. A few years into their time in Florida, Venus's career was taken off. The Williams family was capturing the attention of many people in and out of the tennis community. And reporters wanted to learn more about this insular family. But who would they decide to let in? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Initially, he turned down the whole prospect of me actually coming and doing it, you know, an in-person sit-down, spend some time with you at your home interview. This is Linda Robertson. She's a longtime reporter for the Miami Herald. Back in 1997, she was struggling to get Richard Williams to agree to an in-person interview with his daughters. He was willing to maybe do something at a practice court. You know, he was running everything for them. So you had to go through Richard. And so it was just a matter of persuading him to give me access. My goal was to spend some time with them, not just do, you know, a phone interview and hear the same old stuff, try to do something uh, in person, in depth on the family. But, you know, I just kept calling him and talking with him. And I guess my pitch was basically, look, we've heard a lot of hype about you, but here's a chance to sort of introduce yourself to South Florida. And you've got a good journalist here who is familiar with tennis, with your story, and just let me in. Eventually, Richard agreed to Linda's pitch. This was a big get for her. It would have been for any reporter at the time. In the spring of 1997, Venus was 16 and Serena was 15. Few in the media had done an in-depth profile with the whole Williams family. People were curious. 
One of my ideas was to sort of get to the bottom of this whole thing and cut through that mystique, which Richard had very carefully built up. There was just a lot of uh, anticipatory attention about, you know, their potential. Linda drove out to where the Williams family was living, just north of Miami. Richard greeted her at the door. They chatted a bit. And then he said, you know, the girls are upstairs doing homework, so why don't you just go up there and talk to them? And he didn't even go with me. He just let me uh, go up there and introduce myself. And I just said, okay, you guys keep doing what you're doing. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to sit here and listen. I knew, (laughs) I think I knew pretty quickly, like, this is gold. The girls were sitting together on the bed practicing French. The 1997 French Open was around the corner. Richard told Venus if she wanted to play in the tournament, she needed to learn the language. It was one of those dialogues where there's two people talking. I think the name of the story was The Extraordinary Vase. Venus makes some crack about, you know, this isn't the best literature. And so they're speaking in exaggerated French accents. They're mocking the whole lesson and giggling, you know, and just like you could just see how these two girls were best friends and sort of had this language beyond the French French lesson, this language unto their own. And their sense of humor was just spot on. I mean, for their age, it was just, I was just, you know, laughing under my breath. They were, it was a very uh, sort of pointed um, sense of humor about this thing. The fact that the girls seemed well-adjusted was somewhat of a surprise to Linda, given tennis's reputation for overbearing parents and unhappy tennis prodigies. Venus and Serena didn't appear to fit this mold. Not that the sisters were exactly like most kids. And I also noticed that on the bed there was uh, Animal Farm, the novel by Orwell, and there was also a book, like a workbook type thing, on how to form and operate a limited liability company. And this went back to how Richard was also teaching the girls how to become entrepreneurs. And that was really his ultimate goal for them. He bragged about how they would be out of the game of tennis by age 24 and running their own businesses. Not only were the girls following Richard's vision, they seemed truly bought in. Venus told Linda something she found striking. She said, yeah, we're going to keep everybody guessing. We're going to keep everybody wondering what we might do next. Hey, you know, maybe I'll run in the Kentucky Derby. Who knows? But there was a limit to how well-rounded they could be while pursuing this life. The girls admitted that they really didn't have any friends. They didn't really have much of a social life, that everything revolved around their family. But the girl's mother, Oracine Price, hadn't necessarily bought in on the plan in the same way. I think as the mom, she had a much more powerful hand than than it may have seemed, because she was always kind of in the background and Richard kind of dominated. It seemed to Linda that although Oracine was there, working in service of the plan, she had some understandable apprehension. Because she knew that this was building and building, and it was only a matter of time before... They were going to be world famous, and what was that going to lead to? Linda didn't get much time with Oracine during her visit. In fact, not many reporters have. 
There's never been an in-depth story on Oracine, and you rarely see her sit down for extended interviews. I've always wanted to speak with Oracine. I've reached out to her many times over the years for an interview, but the answer has always been a no. We've also contacted her for this project and haven't received a response. But here's what we do know about Oracine. She's from Michigan originally. She went to college there, Western Michigan University. She majored in education, and she worked many years as a nurse. She's a devoted mother and grandmother. And in the 1980s, Oracine became a Jehovah's Witness, and she's been devout ever since. She told me that she had wished for her girls a a much more anonymous life, and that she would have preferred that they just be missionaries in their faith as Jehovah's Witnesses, and that that they would just uh, live a life of service, and that she was really, really worried that all the fame and fortune would corrupt them, would ruin them, would um, warp them. Faith seems to be a central component to her life. In the time that Linda shared with her, Oracine spoke about it. And in a rare sit-down interview with Will Smith in 2021, one of the only things Oracine said was this. It's the verse in the Bible, uh, a perfect bond and union is love. And you have to show that love. Oracine was reflecting on what made their family work in the early years when they were following the plan. And then you had to work together and bond it together and make sure it happened. And then the most important thing is no doubt and no fear. Wow. So I never doubted. Mm-hmm. When people would say, uh, yeah, they, they think they're going to do this. When people are like that, you line your way from those kind of people. Mm-hmm. You can you move forward to where your goal is. And we had a goal. It wasn't money. It was just a, a way of life that we wanted for the girls. Oracine imparted her faith to her daughters, too. <laughs> wow. As, uh, as Venus said, first and foremost, I give all praise to Jehovah God because he really got me through this tournament. This was a tough one. That's Serena at the 2017 Australian Open. Both she and Venus often thank Jehovah God in their victory speeches. This wasn't necessarily a component in Richard's plan. He never converted to become a Jehovah's Witness. But Venus and Serena's faith? That comes from their mother. For all of the apprehension Oracine expressed about the fame and frivolity that might come with professional tennis, by the time the family got there, Oracine seemed to have a handle on it. There was just this calming, pres- this, this sort of calming sort of air about her and, and, and completely unimpressed, by the way. The uh, overwhelming sort of, you know, daz- bedazzlement of money. I mean, she, she just called BS on everything. She just had this sort of like clear-eyed, realistic take on the world. That's Scott Price. His byline is S.L. Price. He met Oracine in the late 90s when he wrote the first of several Sports Illustrated pieces on the Williams sisters. For this first story, Scott flew to Italy, where Venus was playing in a tournament. It was a small, low-profile event, but the venue was impressive. I think it was built by Mussolini. You know, it's full of, like, you know, 
Greek, you know, Roman statuary, you know, it's just, you know, it's just over the top. And if you if you want to be impressed with yourself and your riches and your, you know, this incredible life that we're living as professional tennis players, um, you know, this this was the place to do it. And Oracine just sort of, you know, would just amble around and, you know, kind of roll her eyes and say, you know, just kind of like roll her eyes and look at you and smile in a very soft-spoken way, sort of be like, and I, she didn't say this to me, but it's like, can you believe this bullshit? Like, can you believe all this nonsense? So a lot of the professional tennis world was nonsense. But since Oracine was there with her daughters, she was absolutely going to help them navigate it. And, you know, she told me in 99, I, I, I teach my kids to live in reality. You're black. You always have to work harder and you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. I don't expect you to apologize. And essentially she meant for her, for their confidence, their cockiness to anyone. She would say, you know, there's no such thing as pressure. You know, and she said, uh, you know, as black Americans, that's all we've ever had. It's life. So where's the pressure? So there's this perspective born out of incredible pain culturally. And, but also sort of an understanding of, of, you know, this stuff really doesn't matter in the end, does it? Um, what really matters is, is how we treat each other and, how, and whether my daughters love each other. For as much as Oracine did and still does for her daughters, she doesn't get as much credit as Richard. But she quietly held the family together in many ways. It's very easy, I think, in general, to say that mom did a great job in spite of. And I'm not even saying it's not true, but I think that Richard, for all his faults, and he had many, he deserves credit. I mean, there's there's no question that, that he was part of this chemistry, for good and for bad, you know, the yin and the yang between him and Oracine. I think whatever it was, both parents, there was a chemistry created that allowed this to happen. This extraordinary tennis story is all because of Richard's plan. And his daughters seem to appreciate that he dreamed it up. They even made a movie about it. But the plan would never have worked without Oracine keeping her daughters grounded in the often crazy world of tennis. Next time on All American, Venus steps into tennis's harsh spotlight for the first time alone. Watch Ms. Berlea kind of whistling along there, and it looks as though she deliberately uh, collided with her opponent, Venus Williams. All American is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. This episode was written and reported by Albert Chen and Jordan Bell. Our mix engineer is Casey Holford, who also composed our original music. Our senior producer is Jordan Bell. Our story editor is Gianna Palmer. Our executive producer is Camille Stanley. Extra production support from Nora Ritchie, Gwenny Govea, and Manolo Morales. Fact-checking by Kelvin C. Bias. Legal support from Sidney Freeman and Thomas Burke at Davis Wright Tremaine. I'm your host, Cecil Harris. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 